Welcome, fans of DC, to the DC Comics News Podcast, episode 155. I'm your host, Brad Flicky. With me today is the always insightful and incredibly intelligent Seth Singleton. Seth, how you doing? I now feel like I should have, you know, let in with like a uh, 50 cent word and maybe not said, you know, because there's <laughs> <laughs> contractions. I'm great, man, but thank you. Um, I don't know if that introduction vaunts the intelligence that Brad was just so kindly praising, but if it does not, I completely understand. I myself am underwhelmed, but I'm glad to be here with Brad. He elevates me. So the longer I'm on with him, the better it's going to get. Can't wait for a great uh Great episode, man. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing good. Thank you for those awesome. uh, those kind words. <laughs> My pleasure, sir. Lead us through it, shall you? Yeah, let's jump right in. Uh, we're going to start with uh, the movie news. Uh, uh, we uh, we found out this week that uh, some uh, more cast has been, or I should say more characters have been cast and actors cast in the Blue Beetle movie. Uh, including a pretty famous comedian. Uh, what was uh, what was your take on the story? Well, uh, the famous comedian, I think, you know, with every action movie, especially one when you're dealing with a younger character, younger audience, there's going to be some well-deserved moments of humor because there's nothing quite like a teenager, you know, or anyone who's not an adult, even adults, really, but for someone younger, becoming a hero, as we witnessed with Shazam, is quite adorable. I mean, everything, can I do that? I can do that. Like, those moments are just lovely. And adding in an adult comedic uh, addition, I think, is going to make for a lot of fun. George Lopez has a, a very well-developed style. He, he's also done, you know, quite a bit of comedy about family and things like that. So I really feel he would provide a lot of that levity with that sort of lens, which would work really well for a, uh, a movie featuring, you know, a young blue beetle who's <laughs> definitely uh, struggling with the thing that's stuck to his body as it is, as we know it in the comics, we'll see if they make any adjustments to that and how it sets him at odds with, you know, depending on, does it say if George Lopez is going to be the, uh, oh, he's going to be Uncle Rudy. So, you know, I, I feel like he's going to offer up that that great sort of like, hey, man, your dad's just got things because he's got things and that's just how it's going to be. And he's also going to provide some humor to the context, which is going to be a lot of fun. And then, of course, you know, I think you really pointed out so well, whenever there's more casting announcements, whenever you know the cast is growing, it's just that sign of building momentum, which is what we love, because pretty soon we're going to have, you know, costume shots and stills from the movie shooting and da 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 da. So I'm a I'm a fan. I, I think it's a great development. I, I like adding the humor part, but I'm a little bit at a loss for uh, some of the other actors. I recognize the names and I feel like I can, you know, make some connections to the other roles that they've played. But it's not terribly significant. Can you shed some light, Brad? Oh, I wish I could. Uh, I, I, uh, I'm not familiar with them either. Um, but I do, I, I do think that George Lopez is going to bring a lot of fun comedy relief uh, to the movie. And I, I think Blue Beetle is one of those characters that can work well with a little bit of humor. So, you know, I think that'll be, uh, you know, a lot of fun to watch and 
in a whole, it's really exciting too that um, it's getting a theatrical release, not just on streaming. And I think George Lopez could be a name that could bring people uh, people into into the theater. So I think that's a good thing too. And in addition to George Lopez, like you said, playing Uncle Rudy, and and forgive me, I'm probably going to butcher these pronunciations, so I apologize way in advance. Uh, we have uh, Adriana Barraza as Nana. Uh, Elipedia Trio as Ruxio, uh, Damien Alcazar as Alberto. So that is uh, uh, the update to the Blue Beetle cast. So, you know, it, uh, it is cool to be watching this production come together, uh, you know, like you said. So uh, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward, looking forward to this. And um, the next a uh, bit of uh, movie news is, I think, very exciting for the future of DC movies as a whole. Uh, the Batman has reached the 500 million uh, global box office milestone. Uh, what uh, what do you think of this? I think it's a huge statement regarding the quality of DC movies, but also this version of the Batman. You know, that, that's one of the biggest challenges when we were talking about the movie before it released was how do you tell a new Batman story. How do you tell one that's going to excite fans, engage audiences, and do that one thing that DC films really need right now? Consistent success. Um, this, this, I think, <laughs> I mean, it all depends on what the terms we're dealing with now, because I feel like it, at some point we get a little jaded about how well things are doing, because so often there are a lot of great projects that really just, you know, perform so well but the success of the batman i don't think can be uh, understated I, I think this is something that uh is extremely impressive i love the comparison being made to uh 2019's joker and uh i mean clearly clearly the batman has guaranteed i think at least a sequel if not a trilogy i also think it points to the potential i mean maybe I'm playing with fire here. Maybe I'm being too optimistic. Maybe I need to knock on every piece of wood after I say this. But think about a Blue Beetle movie. Think about a younger audience that it can tap into, as well as an older audience that's maybe jonesing for just a hint of a Ted Cord, huh? Maybe just a little bit, you know, just as sort of like adding to the uh, the legacy of Blue Beetle that existed before Jaime and having, you know, this interesting possibility for future movies where they could not only delve into the tech regarding the Scarabias now, but the Blue Beetles came before. I mean, I'm, I'm, I know I'm reaching, but I think this speaks to a lot of great potential for upcoming releases we already have on the slate headed our way. Um, overall, if you've been looking for a reason to go see the Batman, this could just be the one that tips the scale, depending on who you're trying to convince. Brad, what did you think? I think this is, you know, great, great news uh, for movies in general and for DC specifically. Uh, you know, uh, I think that now, you know, we, we already know that the, the Penguin series has been ordered to series. So that's, so that's great. And I think now we can safely say that we're going to be getting a sequel, which is also great. But like you were saying, and this is what's going to be curious for me and, my, and you know, what I'm looking forward to is seeing how this the success of this movie is going to um, 
you know, impact other DC movies. Uh, you know, because we had the Ben Affleck Batman. How are they going to weave in the Pattinson Batman to maybe, you know, uh, Gal Gadot's Wonder Woman and Jason Momoa's Aquaman? And, you know, that'll be fun to see because I think that Warner Brothers is going to try to find a way to do that. Uh, and with Wonder Woman and Aquaman, you know, those movies, they didn't have to because it was the same actors, you know, so... I think it's going to be fun to see how Warner Brothers weaves this in to other DC movies. And like you said, you know, even things like Blue Beetle coming down the road. So that'll be that'll be fun as, you know, somebody who reports on DC News, you know, in the next you know months and years. Uh, you know, I'm sure that this the success of the Batman is going to have a big effect on other DC movies. So that'll be fun to watch. And from there, we're going to be moving on to some TV and streaming news. Uh, looks like uh, Harley, the Harley Quinn animated series, is going to possibly be getting a spinoff. Uh, what do you make of this? I want to know which character is going to have a norm-like entrance from Cheers, because <laughs> that's one of my contexts, right? Like, I really want to have it be like, oh, God, who could it be? Yeah, okay thinking thinking i want it to be king shark i want him to be like walking in with Clayface, and Clayface like hi everybody hi and there's king shark like hey and they're all like shark i really want that to be how it can't, can't you can't you see uh Clayface being like the fraser of uh of the show oh are you kidding no like i almost <laughs> want at some point for like <laughs> oh god the actor who portrayed um fraser to uh to like step in and have there be like a split personality thing going on and we have both of our voice actors you know in that moment being like well i'm the real clayface well i am and and just sort of like you know like really having a bit of yeah but i could totally see it i could also see uh it would be interesting but i could also see clay being a bit of a uh, cliff clavin too just a little bit like yeah. always just breaking out this like, you know, really esoteric where you're like, nobody, most people don't know that. Okay, man. Thanks. You know, like, I feel like we can get an interesting mix, but definitely Frazier. Totally. You nailed it, buddy. You nailed it. Uh, <laughs> Noonan's. That's going to be the name of the show, which I think has a great sound to it. Um, you know, and maybe that could be the cheer. Like we'll, we'll find out, you know, all about Noonan. <laughs> but I, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, I love the idea of Kite Man buying Noonan's. And also, <laughs> you got to know at some point, Harley and Ivy are going to be popping in and out. And it's just going to, I mean, it says they appear in the first episode. And then after that, it's going to be different. But, you know, that's got to sting in the timeline. It's not so far away from what recently occurred at the end of the uh, Harley Quinn series. And that didn't go well for him. At all, right? At all. So I think there's going to be. Plus, he's not always the most <clears throat> successful at what he attempts. So I feel like there will be bungling to be had. But I do think it also gives us a chance to have, you know, fun context of like Luther and Bane, which is always yeah. just going to be like <laughs> wonderful. Um, <laughs> and uh, you know, I, I think it might also take the edge off because it. I'm not quite sure. If this is coming out before we get our season three of uh, Harley Quinn, 
And if it is, then that's going to sort of, you know, keep us at bay for a bit. But that's just me. Is this going to be enough to sort of, you know, hold you off for a little while, Brad? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I want this to happen so bad. You know, it's pretty early in production. So, you know, you know, uh, take it with a grain of salt. But, man, I hope this happens. It's a great idea. Um, you know, I, I love the idea of a cheers for supervillains. And like you said, uh we we left Kite Man in not such a good place, and he does fail a lot. So it's going to be both bittersweet and funny to watch him um, try to rebuild uh, his life and also the foibles and the mistakes that he's going to make along the way. Uh, and we all love Kite Man from Harley. So this is just oh, I just I really hope that they can make this happen. Uh, man, I, I I really want this to happen because. We already know the same creative team, and they're such good writers. There's so much they could do, uh, both from satirizing sitcoms in general, satirizing Cheers directly, and the way that they weave in all the funny comic book references and the personalities they create for these characters. Uh, this is this could be comedy gold. And I also want to point out something else that they mentioned, which I can't wait for in the third season, is that there's going to be an episode where they deal with the King Shark like he was in the Suicide Squad movie. And it's going to feature James Gunn. I cannot wait for that episode. I want that episode right now. So that's something to definitely look forward to in season three. Uh, But basically, you know, the world needs more Harley Quinn animated series in it. So I am all for it. And we also got uh, a little bit of, I don't know what you call it, rumors or throwing us off the scent uh, about the possibility of Lex Luthor in season four of uh, of Titans. Uh, what, what did you uh, think of this story? I'm always intrigued by a story like this. This is one of those where, you know, I'm drawn in by the fact that there's a rumor that an actor makes a concerted effort to dispel or at least cast serious doubt on. Because it seems that when it's just something brushed off, then it's easier, I would imagine, this is just me, to say, oh man, you know, there's all kinds of talks in place. I won't know anything until a deal is signed. So uh, as soon as they do, uh, I'll, I'll see if that lets me drop you some hints. You know what I mean? Like you just sort of leave it at that. Because... <laughs> There's so many tightropes to walk. I mean, all you have to do is go read about how uh, I think it was uh, Mark Ruffalo with the uh, at least one, maybe more Avengers films where he was like caught doing things where people were like, don't say stuff. So, you know, there's always this question of like, what does it mean to a rumor when someone comes out and says, no, this isn't happening? And you think to yourself, well, that's really interesting because you probably could have ignored it and gotten a similar, you know, people just sort of like, hey, that was a rumor. And then it, it came and it went. But there is a suggestion worth keeping in mind that he knows what his lineage is and he knows that at some point Luther is going to play into it, especially if you want to take advantage. And I'm not saying you have to if you want to take advantage of some of the great stuff that we saw from Young Justice. I mean, their storyline with Superboy and Luther was phenomenal. I I thought I'd introduce some really interesting things from the the S.H.I.E.L.D. patches to so much more. 
Um, so I like the potential behind something like that. And then it makes me just cast that statement from the actor who plays who are like, yeah, this one's going to sour. And I'm thinking to myself, yeah, but does that mean that the choices mentioned in here are going to sour because they're, they're clearly not who it's going to be? Because in that case, I would consider or be more open to the possibility that a casting has already been made and Luther's going to show up this season, next season, whenever. And it's not going to be any of these guys. However, there's always the possibility that this is misdirection, subterfuge, and everything else. And I uh, I can't say that there's any truth to any of this. But I, I am always intrigued, as I mentioned, when the actor makes such a concerted effort. Brad, how about you? What, what was your take? Yeah, yeah, man, I'm right there with you. I don't know what to make of it. Um, because there's so many ways that you could take that phrase. And like you said, maybe he could be throwing us off the scent. Uh, you know, because he's, you know, uh, he he reposted uh, a post from Full Circle Cinema saying that Titans was eyeing Bruce Campbell, Carrie Elways, and more to play Lex Luthor, and saying this one's going to age like milk. Okay, like you were saying, does that mean that none of these actors are playing Luther, and they already have somebody else in mind, or does it mean that Luther's not going to be in it? And it's also another bit of um, curiosity for me, or interest for me, is the fact that it was posted by. Uh, Josh Orpin, who plays Superboy, because it would you would tend to believe that Superboy would have the most interaction with a Lex Luthor character in the season. So if anybody would know, he would. So, you know, it's it, you know, it, it's tricky because, you know, I, I really can't say with any certainty what this is, although I can say that I love the idea of Lex Luthor being in uh, season four of Titans. I think that makes perfect sense. So, um I really hope that he's in it, but um, yeah, man, I don't know. I think that this could be taken so many ways that it's that it's uh, really hard to say. Um, I, I love the idea of of both Carrie Elways and uh, Bruce Campbell playing Luther. So if he's throwing us off the scent, uh, you know, I'm, I'm still okay if that happens to be true that one of them will be playing. It. So you know, I guess we're just gonna have to uh, gonna have to wait and see. And that wraps up our TV streaming news. We are going to take a, a quick break and hear from sponsors. And uh, we will be right back with some comic book news that you don't want to miss. So stick around. This is Seth Singleton from DC Comics News, here to tell you about the Spinner Rack. Each and every week, DC Comics publishes so many great books, it can be hard to decide where to invest your time and money. And that's where the Spinner Rack comes in. The Spinner Rack is my honest attempt to rate, review, score the top five books from DC Comics each and every week. How can you listen? It's easy. All you have to do is go to your favorite platform, subscribe to DC Comics News Podcasts, and wait for the new episode to load up. Join me each and every week as I sift through the best from DC Comics and pick my top five books. Can't wait to share them with you and to hear your scores when you share them with us right here on the DC Comics News Podcast. Hey! 
Hello, listeners. This is Tony Farina from DC Comics News and an occasional guest on Comics in Motion. I'm pleased to announce a new show called Indie Comics Spotlight. Each week, my guests and I will be taking a deep dive into a current title or a classic graphic novel from a publisher other than the big two. Consider this show the best of the rest. My hope is that we'll bring new readers to independent comics and give old readers a chance to share their thoughts. Join me each week in the Comics in Motion feed in your favorite podcast catcher. First, there was the DC Comics News podcast. Then came the Spinner Rack. And now, the third show brought to you by the guys that brought you all that other stuff I just mentioned. I am the Knight. A story about the stories. A show celebrating Batman, the animated series. Week by week, episode by episode. Just when you thought it was safe to put on a pair of headphones. I am the Knight. Why, hello there. I'm Seth Singleton. And I'm here to tell you about Mad Pup, a Harley Quinn cast. Harley Quinn? Harley f***ing Quinn? What have we learned from this crazy show? Making Bat Shark repellent relevant since 1966. Oh, look, Ogre. And we've gone completely off the rails. I hear the bat signal. Shut up and bat them, nerds. I definitely do not f*** bat. In need of an adult-sized nemesis. Humans make good fertilizer. You can't f*** with Lois Lane. For f***'s sake. I'm a damn good cop. Lot of lasers. Mmm. Educational and informative. The DC Comics News Podcast Network presents Mad Love, the Harley Quinn cast. <laughs> Back to you, Seth. So, tell us your thoughts. We'd love to hear from everyone out there. Or not. That's really up to all of you. Fuckers. Picture this. Someone who knows nothing about comics. Someone who knows comics from movies, TV, and video games. A complete ultra comics nerd. You pick the character you want us to talk about. You send us the questions you want answered. You make the show. A podcast by fans. For fans. Making new fans. Superheroes. Or dummies. Part of the Comics in Motion Podcast Network. And we are back to episode 155 of the DC Comics News Podcast. We talk movie and TV streaming news. And now my co-host, Seth Singleton, and I are going to talk some comics. Uh, up first is one of my favorite stories of the week, uh, is that Paul Dano is going to be writing a Riddler origin story series for DC Black Label. Uh, what uh, what do you make of this? Are you going to read this comic? Definitely. I, I'm really intrigued, actually, because I know that there was a lot of interest back when Danny DeVito was writing a Penguin story. And then there was some mixed reception to the quality of the story that was part of, I think, yeah, it was an anthology. And so now I'm thinking to myself, well, we have a uh, different character portrayed by a different actor and an interesting approach with the six issue bi-monthly. I mean, that's going to fly by um but i also think it could be something that that you know tips the hat a bit at the idea of uh you know what kind of story it's going to be telling um keep in mind 
what we know about the Riddler and Brad, what you know from having seen the movie. And from what I know from the comics, time and tension are often important factors when it comes to these riddles. You're not just trying to like leisurely hang back and drink a cup of tea and go, hmm, I wonder what this riddle means. Like usually there's a time sensitive portion, which requires you to then think with clarity while also, you know, addressing the stress of you only have a certain amount of time to get it right. So I feel that could play really well into the uh, the bi-monthly approach, you know, that there's constant tension building with whatever the premise is. And I also like the fact that it should give a, a majority of folks enough time to have seen the movie. This series isn't coming out uh, until October. Um, so you're going to have a, a nice little build up into Christmas. And uh, I also like the idea of it, you know, talking about the the background of characters and giving us just another layer of history for Batman. Um, I also feel it could get into some really dark material, knowing what we've seen from DC Black Label series so far. But um, overall, um, I'm also equally, if not more curious, Brad, about your thoughts on this, given what you already know and many of our listeners might from having seen the film. Well, I, you know, I, I, I'm not going to spoil anything, I, I, but I do think that especially in the third act with the Riddler, uh, I, I can tell you that he's got a lot of um, good psychological um, material and, and trauma to to deal with with this with this story. And I think it's gonna, it's great that it's coming from Paul Dano, who was in the mind of the character so much that if, I feel like if anybody should write it, it should be him. And I'm sure that he's, you know, I'm sure this is, you know, conversations that he had with Matt Reeves on the set as they were, you know, as they were coming up with the character. So it's just going to be really cool to see him bring all that into this book. And that teaser image was really cool, too, with the glasses. Um, yeah, I I can't wait for this. And, you know, I... I think six, six issues is good, especially if it's bi-monthly, um, because if, it, if it's bi-monthly, then that means we will probably have seen things like the Penguin debut by the time this is done. So it, it'll be cool to have that kind of running simultaneously as well to keep to keep us all in that in that world. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm really psyched to uh, to see this. And, um, you know, I, I. I also think it's going to be cool to see what influence certain other Batman stories have had on Paul Dano when he writes this. That'll be fun to uh, kind of pick up, you know, examine and, and now and analyze when the book comes out. So, yeah, I, I, I can't wait for this one. And up next, we got uh, some more details about the uh, the upcoming uh, milestones in history uh, one shot anthology book. Uh, this is another one of my favorite stories uh, of the week. Uh, what was what was your take on this? Well, Brad, I also have my milestone compendium, so Got I can it. definitely say that reading through that should give anyone a lot of excitement, or if you should have all of the old issues, of which I am, you know, <clears throat> both respectful and jealous, uh, <laughs> you know, you You've heard us talk about the excitement surrounding the return of Milestone and also the return, but with like this this sense of not like, well, we're back and it's going to be fun. It's like we're back and we're doing things. Um, this is a huge opportunity to introduce some stories that 
for whatever reason, they they need to be updated. They need to be retold. They need to be reshared because there are values, there are important messages, there are details that there's a lot going on between social media and everything else that's designed to catch your excitement from movies to comics to films to games to everything Films and movies are the same thing. That's cute that I thought that they were both different as I listed them there. Um, <laughs> with that idea, it's so easy to find yourself going, yeah, I know stuff happened in the past and I read about it for school and now something else is capturing my attention. This is an opportunity to sink into some gorgeous stories. And I love the fact that they're, they're telling us about things from history. Um, Alexander Pushkin. Um, Come on, Hannibal Barker. Like, to a degree, there's a feeling like a, a certain amount of this should be known. But what about the details? What about the stories? What about the parts where we know that, you know, teachers in high school and middle school, they're rushed. They're kind of busy getting all of this information to students, making sure that students are able to actually, like, get it <laughs> without some other distraction going on in their lives. There's a lot of great stuff in here. There's a uh, a great range, you know, everybody from Prince, Alexander Dumas, um, Catherine Dunham, I mean, Lucy, which just reminds me of the great movie. So there's there's a lot here to enjoy. Uh, I mean, the art is going to be phenomenal, <laughs> clearly, with the amazing talent that they've got listed here. I mean, Brad, you're probably better at reading names than I am, so I'll 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 leave that part be. But man, uh, you know this looks phenomenal, and I'm really excited for it. How about you? What were your thoughts? Yeah, you know, you I, I will read the names because they, like you know you already hinted on so many that are so impressive. And what I what I love about the the uh, the people that they've chosen is that uh, I'm going to find it very educational because I don't necessarily know a lot about some of these, and it was such cool choices. Uh, let me just go down real quick. You you had already mentioned um, Alexander Pushkin, the poet, uh, and Hannibal, the, the general. Uh, and we got Prince, uh, you know, and Three Musketeers author Alexander Dumas, uh, Eugene Ballard, who was the first uh, African American military pilot, uh, the the African American female pilot Bessie Coleman, and astronaut Mae Jemison. Uh, and you, you mentioned Catherine Dunham. That's cool. And Lucy, the early hominid fossil. I mean, that that's such a cool and varied lineup. I can't wait to read this because it's just going to be, um, you know, such uh, a learning experience. And when comics are done well in the capacity of trying to educate people, they can be really concise and to the point. And if they do that with these, it, it's it's just going to be beautiful. I, I I can't wait. And not only that, but we're also getting a um, an ending of the book that's going to kind of hint at uh, a big event that's going to be happening in the Milestone universe. So we have that to look forward to as well. But yeah, this is I think definitely definitely going to be one of those uh, you know anthology. Anthology books that DC knocks out of the park because they're so good at doing them. And this is just definitely going to be one of those ones that is is a must buy. And up next, we also got kind of a breakdown uh, of what DC is going to be doing uh, in comics for Pride Month. And uh, yeah, and there's there's a lot. Uh, what was what was your take on this? 
Oh my. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Okay. Poison Ivy is getting a new Poison Ivy comic. That's genius. That's something. I mean, I think it was Kelly who was on the Mad Love saying that at some point she would love to see a uh, a Poison Ivy series just voiced by is it Lake Bell? I want to say yeah. it's Lake Bell. Um, and and I at that moment I was like that would be so genius. You know, you could have the most madcap characters. You would just have this epitome of cool every once in a while breaking but for the most part her 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 demeanor is wonderful then of course there's been the evolution of her character recently in the batman storylines i mean you know we've got these splinters of ivy we've got the way she was being used for a drug by in the storyline regarding catwoman so I, i think there's a lot to draw on recently and also we would be able to view that from her point of view so I know I just sunk down on the first one, but uh, the Nubia is going to be phenomenal. I mean, I've already loved what they've done with that series. Kid Quick, if you loved him before, you're going to love him again. Um, Tim Drake has really sort of started something that I think fans are going to enjoy following. So that's a great one in here that I dig. And this Galaxy, the prettiest star, has great potential. I mean, clearly, uh, the, the the gorgeous art on that cover is captivating and really easy to get behind Uh, and then you've got the dc pride collection which last year was just hands down i mean it was just one of those uh it was one of those stellar accomplishments you know we we had uh so many great anthologies as dc has just really tapped into a vein that they excel at but these themed moments to you know recognize celebrate they, they really hit the mark with examples like last year's Pride. This one looks just as good. Plus, we get to catch up on some characters who there's been suggestions about who their identity is. Like for me, I loved the Ray comic when it came out in the 90s. I bought the miniseries. I wanted this guy to have his own regular series, da-da-da-da-da. And, and then I felt like his character took a lot of different directions. And I, I love now that they've started to reestablish with the animated and we're going to get the chance to have a great story with him. I feel like there's a, a lot of material still left to be explored for him. I hope that these anthologies lead to more original titles like the Poison Ivy one. I'm going to pump the brakes for a minute and, you know, say, Brad, what did you think, my friend? Yeah, uh, I, I'm kind of looking forward to all of these, uh, you know, with with the Galaxy of the Pretty Star, uh, you know, we've talked at length about how much we like what uh, DC has done with these uh, young adult graphic novels. And this just seems like it's just going to be another one of those in a continuation of really good, really good and well done stories. Uh, I'm really, I'm also really looking forward to that uh, Poison Ivy series. And the Nubia series is going to be great, uh, you know, especially with, um, you know, the trial of the Amazon that's going on now, it's, it's, uh that that i think is going to be an appointment uh, an important book and it's cool to be revisiting kid quick too in a series for you know multiversity teen justice uh and you know it made a lot of headlines you know tim drake's coming out um so that'll be cool to see that dc pride tim drake special to see you know the exploration of that uh, continue, and then we have the DC Pride anthology issue. Uh, we're going to get stories from uh, about Becker, Aquaman, um, Green Lantern, Harley Quinn, and Poison Ivy, and like you said, the Ray, which I think is going to be interesting um, because I want to, you know, I want to see that character explored more too. Um, 
and John Kent, who we've also seen make head, uh, headlines when uh, came out that he was bisexual. So that'll be uh, cool to see. And another Tim Drake story in this. So, yeah, I think there is just a lot of good things coming down the pike as far as DC Pride. So I'm, uh, this is another thing where it's like uh, I try to pull away from buying every single DC book that comes out, but some of it is, you know, it's hard to say no to, and especially that Poison Ivy series and Nubia series, uh, you know, d- definitely, yeah. So, um, again, yeah, uh, DC knocked it out of the park last year with Pride, and I think they're going to do it uh, again this year. And another new series that is coming out is going to be a Black Adam series. Uh, what was uh, what was your take on this? Oh man, um, <laughs> I mean, well, okay. So the art from Sandoval, Rafa Sandoval, is just phenomenal. That that first image there of Black mm-hmm. Adam. I mean, don't want to run into that guy in a dark alley. Let's just put it that way. Um, it it just wouldn't end well. Uh, Urban Rodriguez, wonderful take as well. And then you've got the the sort of grand slam when you've got Christopher Priest. I mean, my goodness, his Justice League run, his Deathstroke run recently, his continued just transformation of characters, and such a, a clear. There's a direction when he's telling stories and you feel it every time you pick up a book by him. So the idea behind this is just huge. And I mean, I'm just going to say it now. It's we're recording this on uh, March 19th. That's how much time you have until June, because between all the stuff we were just talking about with Pride and this Black Adam series, you better believe between now and then there's going to be one or two little announcements that you're going to want to make sure you set aside cash for as well. So start saving, folks, whatever it is. Get your stuff on eBay. Go ahead and start lining up how often you can donate blood. Whatever you got to do, beg the right people, explain to the right people, fudge the numbers. It's going to get tough because this looks just ridiculous. And I was just trying to itemize the last story we had, which got expensive fast, uh, especially with all those covers. Um, And I love that everything I was just saying about Priest is then for me sort of amplified by somebody saying, forgive the cliche, but I've rarely been this excited about a new project. Like, Come on, man. Look at what you've already done. And this is what you're excited about. This is one of the projects you can say you've never been this excited or rarely been. Okay, now I want it. Now I just want the whole thing because I already know if you're that passionate about something. You know, it's like when we were talking about Aquaman uh, 2 and Momoa is like, oh, yeah, I brought in a script and he was that enthused. It was like, yeah, when you're bringing that to it, of course I want more. Of course I want every issue with it and i also love the fact that you know this appears to bring out this kirby simonson (laughs) connection so i i love uh all of the ideas behind it i i think this is i think this is going to be something really cool and i love the suggestion of where the story is going but at this point i'm gonna hand it off to brad oh man i yeah I'm, i'm excited for this uh you know Christopher Priest is an incredible writer. I loved his Black Panther run. And like you said, the fact that he's super excited about this, that just that just makes me all the more me all the more excited. Um, and it does make sense because there is that the movie coming out. So it's good to have that kind of cross marketing or, you know, um, the idea that if somebody goes to see the movie, bring them back to the comic shops. I love that idea. And having such a great creative team. Yeah. Sandoval's work here is great. I really like that kind of old school 
cover, the Black Adam Adventures cover. Uh, I, I, so good. That is really cool too. Uh, yeah, man, this is <laughs> this is a kid, another one of those ones that I just I, I don't think I'm going to be able to say no to. Um, yeah, I, I am super super excited uh, for this as well. So, oh man, DC. <sighs> What are you doing to me? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and with that, we're going to move on to some uh, news in the uh, other section. Uh, McFarlane, first up, is that McFarlane Toys has opened pre-orders on Red Robin and Jonathan Kent figures. Uh, what uh, would you make of this? Man, we were just talking about our wallets and now this and you were like dc why do you do it and all i can hear right now is bill withers you gonna use me up? <laughs> like, <laughs> you just keep on using you know <laughs> go ahead dc use me baby use me use me use me i'm gonna be okay with it um we were just talking about john and tim like we were just talking mm-hmm. <laughs> about them and could you imagine how cool it would be to be um, growing up in comics right now and getting to see characters who you can sort of connect with because their stories in so many ways connect with your own so so deeply. And then, I mean, <laughs> you didn't have statues like this when we were growing up. Now there's an opportunity to have that same figure, to bring it home, to put it on your shelf this is a wonderful collection. I mean, gorgeously done. Uh, I, I think it's a great opportunity to bring them into your home, put them on your shelf. And should you, you know, find that you've got the budget to do it, I mean, take a look at the pictures and then afterwards tell me at what point you decide to say yes, because you will. And that's just how it goes. Uh, <laughs> Brad, what did you think, my friend? Yeah, we we already know that these McFarlane toys are going to be uh, incredibly sculpted and uh, you know just the, the attention paid to details is going to be out of this world but one thing that's kind of fun about the mcfarland dc toys is that because they can do the entire dc multiverse you really never know what you're going to get um and it kind of keeps us guessing uh, this red robin is from the new 52 and the Jonathan Kett figure is from Future State. So you just never know what McFarlane is going to be bringing out next. But you know that no matter what, the the detail and sculpting, just everything is just going to be incredible. Uh, and if I was a toy collector, I think that McFarlane toys would be would be my jam. I think that that would uh, that would be my go to for sure. And uh, they just they just keep doing Uh, amazing things and up next uh we're also uh getting a statue of the batman from queen studios uh that's at one third scale uh what uh, what did you make of this my goodness I mean, the numbers just keep adding. <laughs> yeah. A regular edition coming in at 1138, that's 1138 and the limited set at 1538. Uh I mean, it's phenomenally done without question. Like the quality is clearly there. I can understand 
why they're charging what they're charging. But man, <laughs> that's a tough pill to swallow, especially if you're trying to get all the books we were just talking about for June and you decide you want to pick up that uh, Jonathan Ken as well as the Tim Drake. Now, that being said, scroll through the images and the exquisite detail on everything from the gloves to the boots to the belt. I mean, it is. Wow. I, I would love to see the tools they work with just to create this stuff because it's unbelievable. Um, this thing is is really quite magical. If you are looking for a way to invest your money and you're not sure about the stock market, this this could be your direction, man. Uh, or anyone. <laughs> Brad, what did you think? I'm kind of in awe still. Yeah, I mean, wow. I mean, that price is a lot, but you know that. There's the one picture in the story where of the of the statue where his head is kind of to the side. And I, I've said before, you know, oh, it looks like a picture. But the hair sculpting in that really, really does look like a picture. If I saw that, I would think it's a picture of Pattinson. How they did that hair sculpting is incredible. So, yeah, it's going to set you back a lot. But if you are into these statues, this this would have to be a must have. Um, I mean, it's just museum quality in a way so yeah it's just man if you're into statues you gotta check this out because it is pretty uh pretty incredible and the last bit of news for this episode is uh that we are getting some nfts uh and physical like a hybrid uh trading cards from cardamundi uh what uh, would you make of this now, this feels like an interesting sort of way to address, for me, an interesting conundrum. You know, the NFT is in many ways like a digital collector's card. But then where do you view it? You know, only for the most part on a digital platform of some kind. Here, you're you're taking what has always been a fun thing about DC Comics. Like, I can remember way back to when they had the card packs at the comic shop for DC and it would be like one, two, I think they did like three generations, maybe, um, of heroes and villains. And it was a lot of fun. Now you can sort of take that fun physical collectible and combine it with this new digital world of collecting images with the NFT. I think it's a really interesting um, way to tap into what is clearly a lot of excitement behind NFTs right now as well as uh, add a, an additional value with the uh, the physical. It's it's a really interesting approach. I'm, I'm kind of intrigued by it. Um, I'm wondering if this is something that they've seen others do and they they believe in the success it offers or if this is like one of those risks you got to take sometimes where, you know, you want to sort of give a guarantee compared to just saying here, one or the other. So I'm intrigued with this idea of the physical card, the digital twin, and, uh, you know, what it could mean, like, how could this play into a future collecting collectibles uh, market? I'm, I'm, I'm interested. Well, Brad, what did you think about this? Yeah, I think it's a, it's a cool idea, and it's a cool idea to kind of do it hybrid because uh, it can appeal to, you know, the, there is such a collector's mentality around comics a lot of the time and same way with nft so it's cool to see dc 
kind of dip their toe into that NFT collectible uh, world and also keep the physical for those old school collectors who used to like get the trading cards when they were little and things like that. So uh, I think there could be a kind of a, a, a cool, a broad appeal uh, to this. And maybe it'll even get people to get NFTs who maybe wouldn't before. Maybe this will give them an opportunity to see what that is all about. So yeah, I, I think it's I think it's kind of cool and kind of smart from a business sense for DC to do this. It'd be kind of interesting to see, um, you know, what what kind of success they have and what they do uh, going forward with the kind of the NFT thing. So yeah, I, I think it's I think it's cool. And with that, that wraps up another episode. Actually, of, oh oh yes oh you're right oh there you that, go that's right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we got a little, uh, a little bit of, um, kind of Alan Moore, uh, news. Uh, Seth, why don't you tell us about it? Have you ever wanted to tell a story? Have you ever wanted to write a comic book story? Have you ever dreamed of eventually mastering the craft of writing? So when later you appear in video, the tagline underneath your name says writer slash wizard. Well, this could be your opportunity. It is Storytelling with Alan Moore being offered as part of the Maestro series available from the BBC. Yeah, that's right. Okay, I'm going to be totally honest with you. I stumbled across this because Ron Myers decided to share it on Twitter. And I was like, oh, what's this? And then I clicked on it and I thought to myself, you have got to be kidding me. It basically boils down to this in a nutshell. Uh, <laughs> you're talking about 33 lessons, six hours, course notes, all taught by Alan Moore for nine bucks, covering everything from writing as enchantment. All right. Okay. I'm already like, I know this is a family show, but I'm enticed. Let's say that. All right. <laughs> like I'm already finding myself going like, wow, tell me more. Wow, you talk like a book. Um, so uh, <laughs> becoming a writer, four weapons, come on. Learning to read, imagination, fire the gods, languages, technology, which just sounds magical. I mean, and given the guy, right? Neurology of writing, Hemingway versus Baudelaire, and then fascinating <laughs> rhythm. Come on, man. So that's that's me. That's what hooked me. And the moment I saw it, I was like, I will not be ashamed to say that I am probably, no, I am signing up for this course. It's a business expense. I don't care. It's happening. Brett, um, yeah, like I need to just take some deep breaths. How you feeling? Oh, man, he's one of my favorite writers. So you had me at Alan Moore. And he's so reclusive and doesn't write that often. And he doesn't really do interviews. So you don't you don't hear from him all that often. So the idea of a whole course. Oh man, that just kind of blows my mind. And oh, what, what, what the insights that he can give about writing is, oh, man, that I can't even begin to think of what you might learn from the Hemingway uh, versus Baudelaire thing. Oh man. Oh, <laughs> oh I, it, it, it's not too far of a stretch to say that this could be life-changing for some people uh who take this course and i don't use those words lightly but uh i definitely think that um that that could happen um man 
between this and Neil Gaiman's masterclass, I mean, what more, what more do you need? Yeah. Um, I was even going to say, does Grant Morrison do one yet? Is yeah. He, oh, I'm he sure he will. Now. Yet? Okay. Cause <laughs> if he hasn't like that, I think is the order I'm going to do more Then I'm going to go Gaiman. And then I'm just going to be like, so Morrison, anytime to, 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 right. Yeah. <laughs> Indeed. Oh, wow. man. Yeah, man. That was such a fun one to, to add and share. So, you know, yeah, thank, thank you, you for, for enjoying for my that. enthusiasm. Yeah. Uh, my pleasure, man. <laughs> Considering how many stories I was like, Hey, did we do this already? And you're like, yeah, we already covered that. Uh, <laughs> all right. So at least I got a good one where it's like, surprise. <laughs> my pleasure, man. Oh, and what a great story to really wrap up uh, an episode of DC Comics News uh, podcast. But before we go, Seth, why don't you uh, tell the fine people where they can find you out in the internet world? Oh, man. Um, so I've been doing some fun stuff lately. You can find me here at DC Comics News, always hanging out on the weekly podcast, um, taking a hiatus right now from uh, Spinner Rack while uh, some restructuring things are going on. Been having some fun out on Wisdom and also a few other places. But essentially, my name is Seth Singleton. Type that in and use the word story or storytelling. And you can find me in a lot of fun places and wherever you do. Like, you know, drop in, say hello, leave me a message. But um, I'm going to leave it at that because I, I kind of like it when I leave you with a little bit of homework to do. Otherwise, I'm just laundry listing and, you know, you might tune out. So go spelunking. Do you remember geocaching? It's OK. It was a fad. It came. It went. But think of it like that and send me a message. Brat. There will be a day when Felicky Fashions is coming. Let's yeah. keep building the audience. Where can they find you, my friend? Uh, uh, you can find me writing news and reviews at DCComicsNews.com. You can find me on the Mad Love Harley Quinn podcast, part of the DC Comics News Podcast Network. And you can follow me on Twitter at FlickyB1. And please do check out all the other shows on the DC Comics News Podcast Network. Uh, Seth, you might be taking a... Uh, break from uh, Spinner Rack, but Spinner Rack uh, is uh, kind of a highlight on the five uh, must-haves of the D- of each week for DC Comics. Uh, and the Harley Quinn uh, Mad Lib Podcast, a break- episode episode breakdown of the Harley Quinn animated series. And we have I Am the Night, hosted by uh, Steve J. Ray, uh, which is an episode-by-episode breakdown of Batman the Animated, animated Series. So please to check all those out wherever you get your, uh, your podcasts, uh, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever. We will be there. And with that, we like to end each episode uh, saying something that everybody should be doing, and that is two three more comics <laughs> nice that was an echo effect yeah right. Ooh, smooth echo, and that hardly ever echo. happens comics 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 <laughs> bye 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 until everyone, next week everyone, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> bye bye